And we're going to listen to God's word together now. I'm going to read from the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, and starting at the first verse. So that's Hebrews 11, verses 1 to 6. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. morning and to those at home good morning good uh, we're kicking off as Matt said a, a series a short series on Hebrews 11 and we take up the introductory bit of that wonderful passage the passage which is known to be about faith now, now Christians have a reputation for being people of faith it's kind of a caricature of the believer, the Christian. And I'd suggest that today it's, it's not a tribute, it's, it's not something to be admired, no. People of faith are seen as a bit weak-minded, a little bit gullible, to be pitied a bit. They, they can't quite face up to reality, so they use faith as a crutch to kind of get themselves through. Now that reflects an understanding of faith that's been around for a long time. It goes back to the 18th century. The English philosopher John Locke thought faith was something that fell short of reason. So what you can't know for sure, you kind of fill in with faith. And in an age of, of certainty, an age built on hard facts, that, that makes faith naive. And I'd say in our times, faith isn't just naive, it's, it's a little bit absurd. The late atheist Christopher Hitchens, very interesting character, well known for his famous Hitchens 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him will believeth in anything. See, it's the naivety of the Christian. Don't believe anything. So what does it mean for Christians to be people of faith? Well, Hebrews 11 gives a very different picture from the caricature that exists outside the walls of the church, the one that non-Christians tend to give it. Because what we see in this chapter is that faith is what makes 
heroes. Hebrews 11 is a gallery for heroes of the faith. They're portraits, if you like, hung up on the wall. And their stories are told to inspire us. To use another, perhaps more familiar analogy, Hebrews 11 is like a TV drama series. I see four seasons there, comprised of short episodes, and I think we're allowed to binge watch this series. And in the last of the series, even you and I get a cameo appearance. We're not named. It's okay. Verse 35 says, there were others. I think that includes us. And it goes on, some face jeers and flogging. Well, we get jeered a bit today. Some went about in sheepskin and goatskin. Well, none of that here this morning, but you know what they means. And it goes on, the world wasn't worthy of them, these heroes of faith. At the moment, Helen and I are in the middle of watching a German TV drama series. And the first episode of season one is a short three-minute segment. And there's this strange guy sitting in a chair with a German accent, which is fine, and he's telling us what the series is about. He's setting the stage. He says, this is what the series is about. This is where it's going. That's what these opening verses are doing, the first six verses. The strange guy is me. We're setting the table. And in the coming weeks, other speakers get to do the storytelling. So this opening introductory segment sets the stage by showing us what faith is, how it works, and why it produces heroes. So three headings. The first, these opening verses tell us something about the character of faith. The character of faith. And we're told that it's marked by naivety and feeble-mindedness. No. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we can't see. It's marked by confidence and assurance. Now, that doesn't go together with being feeble and weak-minded. It's not gullibility. It's the opposite of that. It's confident assurance. And it's those distinguishing marks that make for heroes. It's this confident assurance that gives us backbone as believers. It's not us, it's not in us, it's the faith that we're granted that, that gives us backbone to keep going. It creates courage in us and resilience when there's pressure. It's worth noting that the writer of Hebrews has already used these two words in the previous chapter, chapter 10, verse 20. He says, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, it takes confidence to go into the most holy place, to go right into the presence of God. Confidence by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with sincere heart and with the full assurance faith brings. Confidence, assurance. So it's faith that enables the Christian 
little people like you and I to live in intimacy with a God whose majesty, holiness, and glory is so great angels can't even look at him. We get to go near with confidence and assurance. That's what faith does. There's nothing feeble-minded about that. Now, these opening verses make very clear that this confidence and assurance, which are the characteristics of faith, are not something we obtain through a proof. Did you notice the writer referred to an assurance about what you cannot see? So, faith is directed to what we might call supernatural realities, beyond nature, beyond the things that science can test. So, the faith of the believer works with something that isn't like math and science. It's wonderful that it is. It isn't empirical. You don't come to it through experimentation. And yet there's something about its source that still allows for warrant, for certification, confidence and assurance. One of the greatest delusions of the modern world is that only math and science can certify what's true. That's nonsense. And what goes with it is you don't have the assurance that science brings something, you're not on solid ground. Well, we base our lives, all of us, on lots of things that lack hard evidence. None of us can prove what's going to happen tomorrow. Matt's plan thing. We plan, but we don't know what's going to happen. And we make our decisions about the future on probabilities, none of them provable. A few weeks ago, Boris Johnson announced Freedom Day, the most anticlimactic moment in British history. Freedom Day. It wasn't oozing with confidence and assurance, was it? That's because the future cannot be proved. Even science can't do it. And if we lived only on the basis of hard evidence, what we can see, our lives would be incredibly small. So that's why Hebrews 11 reminds us that the faith of a Christian isn't built on proofs in the seen worlds. But that doesn't make our faith absurd. Why? Because it's a faith built on God. That's a big foundation. And we'll see in a moment what that means. But the point for us is that this foundation is so secure that it goes far beyond empirical proof. Because being built on God, being built on what He reveals creates in us a confidence and assurance that's solid, and we test it as we go along. And the whole point of this chapter is that it goes to the point. It's so confident and assured that you're willing to suffer for it. That's where these latter chapters in in Hebrews are going. The writer's saying, you need the kind of faith that produces heroes. Heroes can stand up to a time of testing, to pressure. Now, you've heard me say it before. I think we're beginning to enter that moment culturally. It's harder to be a Christian. So, we need the kind of faith that brings confidence and assurance. That's the character of faith. These verses also tell us, secondly, about the foundations of faith, the foundations of faith. Second point. In this introduction to this four-season faith drama, we're told what faith builds on. 
Woven into these verses, we're told two things about the foundation of faith. Firstly, faith builds on the fact that God exists. Did you notice that? Verse 6. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe, what? That he exists. That's the foundation of faith. God exists. God is. Now, this is so elementary to faith, we sometimes forget it. We overlook it. But you put these two words together, just two words, God is, and you've just stated they're the foundation of everything. I would suggest these are the two words, strongest words that language can ever come up with. God is. God exists. And we believe that. Now, at the end of the day, there's only two options. Either God is or God isn't. He does exist or he doesn't exist. He is or he isn't. So, so how do we know? Well, it's interesting. Some of the smartest minds through history have tried to prove that God exists. If we had time, we could go through some of the arguments. They're very interesting. find some of them quite compelling, but none of them work as proofs. No one's ever come up with a silver bullet proof, boom, God exists. Doesn't exist. At the same time, lots of the smartest minds of our time have tried to prove that God isn't. We could look at those arguments. Very interesting too. Again, no one has found the proof. No atheist has hard evidence for their position. Some admit this. I admire them. Isaac Asimov, a long time ago, he's the father of science fiction. Look what he said. He said, emotionally, I'm an atheist. I don't have the evidence to prove that God doesn't exist, but I so strongly suspect he doesn't that I don't want to waste my time on it. It's good, isn't it? It's, he's, he's acknowledging no proof, but emotionally, that's what I think. Now, for believers, even though we can't prove God's existence, we have this confident assurance that He is. And it goes much further than the strongly suspect that we see in Isaac Asimov's quote when he talks about his atheism. We know God exists, not because we have the silver bullet proof, the argument, but because we know Him personally. Might not work for people outside, but that's where it starts. By faith, we know God. We've drawn near to Him through Jesus Christ. And our faith isn't just of the head, and there are lots of good warrant for believing that God exists. There are good, compelling arguments, but it doesn't start there, really. It's of the heart. Our faith goes deeper. It goes to the core of our experience. The believer knows God. So our faith begins here, that God is. And it's not a, a maybe you exist, I strongly suspect. No, belief for the Christian is built on a confident assurance that God exists. That's a great way to start your day with a more early morning coffee. Start there. God is. I'm not a dancer, but that should get even me dancing. God exists. That's remarkable. I can face the day. It changes everything. I'm tempted to do a little dance, but I won't. 
That's the first part of the foundation. The second is this. It's the other key to the foundation of our faith, and it's this, that God created. The first flows from the second. Sorry, the second flows from the first. Because God is, God made it. Look at verse 3. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. That's a creation statement. And this writer is describing a creation event that theologians call ex nihilo, out of nothing. God pre-existed the universe. There was no building blocks. He created it by his command, out of nothing. That's how it was formed. He spoke it into being. This remarkable universe in its ginormous scope, its immense intricate complexity, he made it. Now, those are the basic components of a believer's faith. God is, and of course, because of that, God created. Now, I think as Christians, we often rush past those two basics. We ought to love the gospel, but some of us are so quick to rush to the gospel, we forget these two. Behind the gospel, as the foundation is, God is, God made it. And we stand on that foundation. And our foundations will be compromised if we don't commit to that. Committed to the creation because it has a creator. All this has been made by God. This is our joyful confession. Now here too it just comes down to an either or. Either God did make it or he didn't make it. And once again, that cannot be proved. No one was there when it happened, when it started. There were no witnesses. I believe there are many inferences, many signposts to the fact that God created, but no hard evidence. Even Stephen Hawking, the late Stephen Hawking, made this inference. He said, the odds against a universe like ours emerging out of something like the Big Bang are enormous. I think there are clearly religious implications. It's a way of saying big explosions tend to create a lot of mess, but there's a fine-tuning. There's a, a universe so organized and structured that it seems to infer something different. Can't be proved, but inferences. Now, if you can't prove God created it, neither can you prove that he didn't. Despite all the clamor today, there's no proof that God didn't create the world. Now, for the Christian, it's a straight line. When we stand in God exists, it's very simple to get to God made it. And we have to stand there, essential to the foundations of the faith we require. So this is a wonderful foundation, one that ought to put a skip in our movement. Right, so the characteristic of faith, confident, assurance, the foundation in these verses, believe that God exists and believe that he made it by the word of command. And then finally, this introduction is very clear about the benefits of faith. These are the benefits that accrue and it makes for heroes. Now, I see faith being commended here for two reasons. And both of these are crucial for when the going gets tough, for when the pressure is on. The first is this. Our faith roots us to a reality that's stronger than death. 
That's incredible. It roots us to a reality that is stronger than death. They say there are two guarantees for the future. I said you can't prove it, but there are two things we can be certain about for the future. The first is taxes. The second is death. Now, death is the great human dilemma because there's something in humans we want to live forever. Woody Allen expresses this well and wittily. He says, I don't want to achieve immortality through my work. I want to achieve immortality through not dying. I don't want to live on in the hearts of my countrymen. I want to live on in my apartment. Absolutely right. Now, the thing about death is that it's, it's relentless. It's so unyielding. And scientists and mathematicians with their real hard truths, wonderful hard truths, all these certainties, all these proofs, have nothing that can cope with death. But as Christians, we have the kind of faith that roots us to a reality stronger than death. Because our faith connects us to the eternal triune God. He is faith's object. We aim our faith at him. And this God has a quality of life in him that's enduring, everlasting, never diminishing. So in taking hold of God, faith clings to one who himself is stronger than death. And as we take hold of Jesus, we take hold by faith of his resurrected state. He's the risen Christ. Now in the Old Testament, Enoch is the great symbol of this. This is by far the strangest episode in this drama series. But the point is clear. Through Enoch, faith overcomes death. Verse 5, by faith Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He couldn't be found because God had taken him away. The God that faith aims at is stronger than death. He can deal with it. And for us today, all this is rooted in the basis of Christ's resurrection. So the point is this. Faith gives us something that can face up to death. We don't have to ignore it. Our culture has made it the great unmentionable. We can look at death as horrible as it is. Ah! But we can look it in the face with confidence and assurance that faith brings. Because it's rooted to God who's stronger than death. What a benefit. No wonder faith makes for heroes. This isn't for the weak and feeble-minded, the gullible. And that's why Christians through the ages, that's what these stories are about. People who face death because they had this confident and assured faith. That's the first benefit. The second is this as we finish. The second benefit is that faith pleases God. Verse 5 and into 6. Before he was taken, for before Enoch was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. So faith builds in this foundation. God is. And God made it. And that brings us to the place of, of confident assurance. It roots us to him. 
Now, because God is what faith builds on, it's what faith is targeted to. Faith is all about God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God is pleased by it. And as we live by faith day after day, our Father delights in us. And as we keep the faith, that's an old term. We used to use keep the faith. As we keep the faith, as the pressure mounts, it pleases Him. This faith we're talking about, and it's not a faith because we're macho. It's the faith that directs itself to God. That's where the confidence and assurance comes. That is the engine of this wonderful life we've been called to. We call this the obedience of faith, and the Lord loves it. That's why Christians are people of faith. The Danish philosopher Soren Kierkegaard called Christians knights of faith. Knights of faith. Not for the weak, not for the feeble-minded, but for heroes, knights. One day, we are going to be rewarded for our faith. We're going to get an invite to the palace where the Most High dwells to receive our knighthood. We're going to bend the knee before him. We're going to feel a tap on both shoulders. I don't know what accent we're going to hear, but we are going to hear these words, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done for persevering when so much was against you, for carrying on with the assurance that I exist, that I, that I made all this, and that I promised that I'll keep you to the end. Well done. The last verses of Hebrews 10 sum it all up. This is really part of the introduction. The writer says, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For, it's a quote, part of the promise, in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. God grant all of us, even in our doubts, Many of us here have doubts. This is the faith of doubters. We ground ourselves here, and it strengthens us. May God give this to all of us. Amen. Let's just take a few moments to ask the Lord quietly for this faith to be strengthened in our minds and hearts.